good verse to know. Wholly following the Lord. They were completely sold out, at least Caleb was, in following the Lord. I think that's what we need, is we need some people who are wholly sold out to follow the Lord. Father, we do thank you for your goodness. We thank you for uh, allowing us to meet together tonight. We thank you for the day you've given us. And Lord, be with those that have lost uh, friends and relatives this week. And Lord, just watch over uh, the services. And Lord, just guide and direct in the service this evening. We thank you. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when God saves us, he saves us for a purpose. He didn't save us to be pew warmers or bumps on logs or just to be decorations in the church building. He saved us for a purpose. What do you think that purpose is? Yeah, spread the gospel. I think he wants us to glorify him with what we, uh, with what we do in our body, and we we need to glorify him in everything we do. The Bible says in everything give thanks, not give pity, not give crying, crying shame, not give anything else, but give thanks. In everything give thanks. And, um, you know, when you think of this situation, uh, I, I think of people who are, uh, many Christians are guilty of window shopping. Now, uh, it reminds me of a guy who says, why do you always go window shopping? You never buy anything to his wife. And then she said to him, why do you always go fishing? You never catch anything. <laughs> and it's more than just window shopping. And um, someone says, why do you always go window shopping? And I said, well, I just haven't found a window I liked. But sometimes people are that way with churches. They're constantly... Uh, either tire kicking or checking it out or just got a call recently uh, about someone needing some help and you know we're we're in the help business but spiritual help uh, we we don't have a blank check where we can write and pay everybody's uh, debts and bills and rent and oil and propane or whatever it is but we can help them spiritually we can show them and point them in the direction of Jesus Christ and, um, you know, Caleb pictures the, is picture of the Christian who's willing to pay any price and to fight any battle in order to win the victories that God has waiting for them or him. And, you know, in these verses, we're, we're shown that Caleb claimed his little inheritance, that little place, that mountain that he claimed, but it was day by day. It was over a period of time. Do you ever think about what he thought about, or maybe you haven't really thought about this, but what did he think about for those 40 years, wandering, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to build my house, how I'm going to live? Well, I don't think those things really occurred to him until he got into the promised land. He told Joshua, I want that mountain. That was promised to me by Moses. That's my inheritance. That's the place where I'm going to settle down. That's the place that God has promised me. All through this time, he wholly served the Lord. He wholly, completely served the Lord. 
Boy, that's something to be said, isn't it? He completely was sold out to serve the Lord. And, um, you know, he says, give me my mountain. That's, I, I'm here. I'm here to collect on what God's promised me. Uh, and I think these same characteristics that we're going to go over tonight, just a couple of them, maybe not all of them, but um, the first one is Caleb was committed. Caleb was committed. And that first key to Caleb's success was that God had all of Caleb that there was. Does God have all of us? I don't mean all of us. I mean all of us. All of me. And so the, the, the phrase is repeated three times here in the verses that we read. Holy followed the Lord. And uh, this is said about Caleb at least five different times in the Old Testament. Um, it's a phrase that's used by hunters to refer to closing the gap between themselves and their prey. And so it refers to the fact that Caleb was committed to the Lord um, at keeping distance um, between himself and the Lord at a minimum. He was trying to stay, as like we said, stay close to the Lord. Stay close to the Lord. Try to get closer to the Lord. Try to uh, make yourself as close as you can to the Lord. Every ounce, every fiber, every nerve of Caleb belonged to God. Did you know all of us, if we're Christians, belong to God? I mean, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We know that. The cows are his. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? He owns the hills the cows are on. God knows what's best for us. God knew what was best for Caleb. And, um, but if he stopped listening, I, I think those ten spies that came with a negative report, they never saw the promised land. They could see it, but couldn't go in. They could, they could hear what was going on, but couldn't go into the promised land. For 40 years, they wandered around. You think just wandering around... Uh, they were able to see it but not partake in what God promised. And then one day when everybody in that generation was gone except for two, at least two, Caleb and Joshua, they went in and conquered the land with a whole new generation of people. And, you know, uh, God knows what he's doing. God wants us committed to him. And so... Um, when Julius Caesar landed on the shores of Britain with his Roman legions, he took a, a decisive, bold step that uh, success of his military venture. But ordering his men to halt at the edge of cl the cliffs of Dover, he commanded them to look down at the water below. To their amazement, they saw every ship in which they have crossed the channel engulfed in flames. Caesar deliberately cut off any possibility of retreat. And so now, his soldiers were unable to return to the continent. There was nothing left for them to do but to advance and conquer. And I think that's exactly what they did, if you read your history. Too many Christians leave an escape. Claws hatch a way to escape in their old lives of sin. They try to burn, uh, you know, every bridge, but... 
sometimes we rebuild the bridges and uh, we set our minds to uh, until we set our minds to following the Lord or a task of following the Lord it's it's a job it's a it's work it's conquering the land and being the Christian that God wants us to be you know how kids talk about their dads my dad's the best my dad's the greatest well three girls were talking about their fathers and one of them said well my dad he's a doctor and he practices medicine another one said well my dad's a lawyer and he practices law and he's an attorney my uh, the third one says my father's a Christian but he doesn't practice anymore how sad too often that describes a lot of people in churches today they're Christians but they don't practice anymore and so some people will go to extravagant lengths to avoid doing what they promised the Lord they would do uh, it seems like a trait of human nature and um, you know, uh, when, uh, when you got married, maybe you had jitters like this young man in the story. He, he says, well, I, I really don't want to get married, so I'm going to leave on the wedding day and I'm going to do something else. Well, on the wedding day, he says he came up with this big plan. He went down the street, robbed a house, and he made sure that the owner of the house saw his face. And then he showed up at the wedding. As he showed up at the wedding, the police arrested him. And, uh, but what an extravagant way to get out of a wedding, end up in jail. Uh, I don't think that was his intention, but he got out of the wedding. And a lot of times people will say, well, I just can't. I can't serve the Lord. God can take your I can'ts and make them I can do all things through Christ. Has there ever been a time where we said, oh, I can't. I'm too busy for the Lord. I'm just, I can't. I can't. There's nothing... Well, wait a minute. Half-hearted Christians are faint-hearted Christians. They never learn to conquer the giants in their life. Now, you heard me read about how Caleb uh, said that the name of the mountain was Kadesh, not Kadesh Barnea, but Arba. It was the name of an Anakim. Anakim means, it's not from Star Wars, it, it, it means giant. That mountain was like Mount Manadnock, it was named after a giant. Mount Manadnock wasn't. But this one was. But he took care of the giants. You know, God will help fight our battles. God always does. Did you know the Bible says this? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And only Christians can be double-minded. The unsaved aren't double-minded. They're single-minded. They don't have any thought of God. There is no thought in their life about God. Do you know the Lord demands total surrender? That's tough to think about. Someone described in their book, uh, you know, the Gurkhas, the Nepalese fighters, uh, they were asked if they would be willing to jump from airplanes to, into combat against the Indonesians back in the day, 1964. The Gurkhas, they didn't understand clearly what was involved, but they bravely said they would do it, asking only that if the planes fly slowly over a swampy area no higher than 100 feet. When they were told that the parachutes would not open in time at that height, the Gurkhas replied, oh, you didn't mention parachutes. 
Jesus calls us to follow him with a similar, a similar commitment and courage, willing to risk everything for his sake. Do we know what it entails? Did Caleb know what was entailing going into the promised land? No, but he knows his God was going to take care of him. He knew that God was going to fight his battles. He knew that there was no giant. Remember before, years before, he had a grasshopper problem. We're in our own sight as grasshoppers, the spies said. We're just little people. And Caleb said, no, 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 we're well able to overcome. Come on, let's go into the promised land. Let's go. His, his heart was fixed and set and... But the people's heart melted. The Bible says they just fainted. They just, oh, this is too big. Even God can't help us. You ever feel that way? The problems that we face, sometimes people will say that. Even God can't fix this. I think he's in the fixing business. He can fix anything. He can do anything. Our God can do anything but fail. Most of us like ham and eggs, right? We eat ham and eggs, or some of us do anyway. The chicken was definitely involved, but the pig was totally committed. Spurgeon told about the deep love and devotion French soldiers had for their leader, Napoleon. And um, he noted that it was not at all unusual for a mortally wounded soldier to raise himself up on an elbow and give a final cheer to his revered general. And if by chance the dying man saw Napoleon nearby, he would with his final breath shout, Viva la Emperor. Boy, what devotion. The eloquent expressions of all came from the lips of a soldier who had been shot in the chest. And um, as the soldier, uh, surgeon was about to, uh, attempting to remove the bullet, the suffering man was heard to whisper, If you go much deeper, doctor, you will come to the emperor. You know, when you think about we have Jesus in our heart, sometimes we have to let him out. We have to tell other people about him. And uh, not that we can take him out, but uh, we have to show people the love of Christ. I like this quote. It says, the man who kneels before God can stand before anybody or anything. That's true. That's true. D.L. Moody, the shoe salesman, was saved at the age of 19. And he was heard an evangelist by the name of Henry Varley say, I've quoted this before, we put it on the sign before, the world has yet to see what God can do in and through and with and for a man wholly committed to him. And D.L. Moody said this, by God's grace, I will be that man. I think all of us can say that. Caleb said that. I'm just one but I am one committed to the Lord. All Jesus wants from us is total commitment. That's it. Anything less, it'll keep you from reaching your goal, reaching your mountain, reaching your destination. And, um, you know, when you think about all that Caleb went through to get to where he was, all the people that fell by the wayside, all the people that died off, and he was able to conquer and go into the promised land and see the victories that God promised a long time ago. Caleb was also confident 
85 years old, didn't lose any strength. Who would ever think he would be a giant killer? <laughs> His confidence was in God's word. Look in verse number 10. The Bible says, Now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said these forty and five years, since the Lord spake his word unto Moses. It's important to pay attention to God's word. See, a lot of people heard God's word and heard the same promises, but they didn't follow through. And so the rest of the verse goes on. Even since the Lord spake his word to Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. I'm 85 years old. And as yet I'm as strong as the day I was in the day that Moses sent me. And, um, you know, uh, God knows what he's doing. God knew what he was doing way back in the day, way back when the promise was made. And so Caleb was confident in the Lord. You can be confident in the Lord in spite of what's going on around us. We can be confident in the Lord. And I see Caleb not trudging. I think he's marching up the mountain. I think he's climbing up the mountain with a sword in one hand and a deed in the other. This is my property. While singing at the top of his lungs, I want that mountain. I think Caleb knew God had given it to him, so he claimed it. See, God's given us promises. God's given us the answer. God's given us the victory. We're more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. And yet we live more defeated than we do conquering. And so, uh, you know, when we think about all the difficulties that we face, God's still in control. God's still in control. And Caleb was confident that God was going to take care of him. Hey, we need to be confident like Caleb. But he was also courageous. I like that word courageous. They made a movie out of that, courageous. They uh, be strong and courageous. The Bible tells Joshua. The Lord tells Joshua in the Bible. And so Caleb's life, commitment led to confidence. And then confidence leads to courage. He had to overcome three obstacles in his quest for Canaan. He had, had to overcome grasshoppers. Grasshoppers. Caleb, to claim what God promised, he had to go against the majority. Remember what the ten said? We're as grasshoppers. We're, we're just little people. No, no, we're well able to overcome. Jesus was alone most of the time in everything that he did. I mean, the disciples were there, but most of the time he was alone. And there will always be some say that it can't be done. You can't do that. Really. There's always someone negative that says you can't do it. Can't afford it. Can't be done. We never did it that way before. The disciples in John 6, uh, they had some kind of a reaction. Sometimes you have to stand alone. But if you're standing on the word of God, the will of God, then you were in never better company than that. He had to overcome not only grasshoppers, but giants. In Numbers chapter 14, you know all of us have giants in our life. Discouragement, finances, sickness, family, distress, doubt, 
And truth is, we can't defeat them ourselves. We try. We can do one or two things. We can look how small we are. Well, there's nothing I can do. Or we can look how small the giants are compared to our God. I think that's how David looked at Goliath. You know, David had no intention of going to battle that day. All his job was, was to give the cheeses to the captains and the parched corn so he could get to his brothers. He had no intention of fighting, but God knew his heart. God knew there was a cause. And when he heard that giant roar that day, and he said this, is there not a cause? Isn't anybody going to do anything? Don't we have a reason to fight? Yeah, we do. But everybody just kind of said, shh, go home. Go home with your little sheep. No. I think somebody needs to go down there and take care of that giant. Well, that someone was him. And, um, you know, God knows what's best for us, and he gives us the confidence and the courage to go on. Uh, he had to overcome not only giants, but gray hair. <laughs> uh, I, I know the feeling. For men, it's distinguishing, I'm told. I don't use Grecian formula. It's natural. It's beautiful. But I'm not 85 years old. Caleb was 85 years old. He had to overcome his age. And, um, you know, uh, this tells us when God makes a promise, it doesn't matter how old that you get, God's going to fulfill the promise. Um, truth is, faith looks beyond the present circumstances and sees the provision of the Almighty. I like, years ago, my parents had a record player with records. It's like giant CDs. Yeah. Yeah, and Jerry Clower was a very popular comedian back in the day. And uh, he was from the South. Um, and he tells a story that Uncle, Uncle Versi Ledbetter uh, who had a mule named Della. One day, Della fell into a hole, a cistern, that Uncle Versi forgot to cover, but he didn't. And so that old mule was down there braying and trying to get out, but Uncle Versi had a problem. It was There was his best mule down at the bottom of this cistern with no way he could get the mule out of there. He didn't want her to stay down there and starve to death, so he decided he would get a shovel and cover her up. It'd be cruel, but it wasn't as cruel as or inhumane as letting Della to starve to death at the bottom of that deep hole. So he took a, Uncle Versi took a shovel full of dirt and threw it over there on old Della. She shook the dirt off and stomped it. It wasn't long before Della had shaken off enough dirt, stomped it, so she was high enough to jump out of the cistern. You know, we're like that mule. Either our problems will bury us, or we'll shake them off and stomp them down until we rise above them. I think that's a good illustration. When you boil all the fat away, courage can be defined in three letters. Y-E-S. 
A real Christian courage, uh, a real, all real Christian courage uh, really is, is a willingness to say yes to what God is doing in your life. Yes, Lord. We sing songs like that. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Then finally, Caleb was a conqueror. He experienced what God had promised. You think about what God's promised us. He's given us eternal life. He's given us uh, a lot more than that when we got salvation. He gave us a place in heaven, but he's given us, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's given us so many promises. He's told us that we're more than conquerors. And Caleb, because he believed God at the beginning and he believed God in the middle, he believed God at the end, he was a conqueror. What about us? Some people say, well, the, pro the, uh, the promised land is heaven. No, it's not. It's a victorious Christian life. We still have battles to face, giants to fight. We're not fighting each other. It's not flesh and blood that we're fighting. We're fighting spiritual battles. How do we fight them? On our knees. We bring our petitions, our requests, our burdens, our hurts our anguishes to the Lord and what does he do I know what you have need of before you even open your mouth he answers the answers in the mail by the way did you know the first sunbeam in the morning takes seven minutes from the light of the sun to get to earth seven minutes we think it's instant by the time you see the sunbeam it's already seven minutes later that's amazing. God doesn't keep time. There is no time in heaven. There is no time. We, we talk about eternity. We're going to be in heaven how long? One day. There's no night there, so it's got to be one day. Forever. We can't comprehend that. We feel like this is forever. Stuck in earth. No, Jesus is coming back. It's a promise that he hasn't yet fulfilled yet. It's a double yet there. Jesus is coming back. There's all kinds of illustrations, Noah, the three Hebrew children, Daniel. And so uh, where are we in our personal walk with the Lord? I mean, we we have difficulties just getting through a day and being able to say, I made it, Whew. another day down. Yeah, we're one day closer to Jesus coming back. We're one day closer to living that victorious Christian life and seeing our mountain and seeing what God has for us. And so as we get ready to pray, you know, God is in the prayer answering business. There's nothing too hard for our God. We think Sometimes that people are our problem, but people aren't the problem. Sometimes it's pride. We're the problem. We get in God's way sometimes. We need to get in the devil's way and get out of God's way and try to resist the devil. And the Bible says he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. And so I think that's, that's going to be the key to having victor victory and living as a conqueror in the land of promise. Uh, maybe you've got something to pray about this evening. We do want to spend time in prayer.
Linda? Definitely keep David in prayer.